1: Hey, my first guest today has been my business partner for a long, long time. And it can be said he's the yin to my yang. Carl Post has been on this entrepreneurial journey with me and before that, we worked together at Kodak. Yeah, that's right. And I'm telling you, he is just, he's an Ironman triathlete. I mean, he's one tough dude. And uh, you have to be to work with a guy like me. And it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about duty of care. And we're going to talk about what it's like to work with a partner and what you have to look for and what are the good things the bad things. Oh, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to listen to this. So Carl has an extensive background in international franchising, business consulting, and corporate business development, I'm telling you, into the billions of dollars. Um, Carl, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel.
2: Hey, glad to be here, Jeff. Not that we don't spend enough time with each other already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had two or three phone calls today, although there are some days that we go and we don't talk for the entire day or a couple days, right? A couple days,
2: sometimes even a week, depending on what we've got going on in the business. Um, but uh, We've been working together so long, uh, we don't have to sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, and we're separated by thousands of miles. Typically, I'm in New York. Carl is in uh, Orange County near the beach, you know, uh, that near Newport Beach is where he's at. So he's got a lot going on out there. He's always got it. He's usually in just a pair of shorts and, and some flip-flops. So that's good to see you get dressed up today.
2: Oh, I put the jacket on so I can stay looking good with you today.
1: So Carl, we should we should probably tell people how we met. I think everybody would get a kick out of that.
2: Oh, you love that story. Absolutely. Go you you, you tell it so well. Go ahead.
1: Well, I you know how we met. I'll tell you folks what happened was I was the lobbyist for a number of different groups, and one of those was was the printing associations and all the franchise organizations. So I used to always go to all their conventions and would show up. And one time, Sir Speedy, at the time Carl was working for Sir Speedy, which now is Franchise Services Inc. They own Sir Speedy, Pip, Signal Graphic Copies Now. Team Logic IT, they own a number of different franchises. Very good. And both all the, all the leadership of that company are, you know, our best friends. They're our best buddies. And we've known them for years. They're like family. But this was back in the 90s, way back in the early 90s, like 1993, and- I think. Yeah, well, I was in Chicago, and and so I was lobbying for then the the franchise printing groups, Kinko, Sir Speedy, Pip, and all of them, and, um, and also the National Association of Quick Printers. And so they were located there. They're having a big convention there in Chicago at the Hyatt, the Hyatt Regency. I remember exactly where it was. And they're having a convention. Sir Speedy's there, got all their franchisees, and they have an exhibit area, and I invite the National Association of Quick Printers over. Now, that's a little bit like inviting the competition in. And so here I was taking him around, thinking I was Mr. Big Shot, and then I could go and do whatever I wanted to do. And Carl came up to me and said, what, what, what are these people doing here? And I said, well, I invited him, and, and I'm taking him through. He said, well, they're going to have to leave. And he, goes, he turns to me, because he was pretty ticked. When, if you get to know Carl, when you do something wrong, oh, you crossed the line. You've crossed the line. You ain't going back, baby. And so he pointed at me and says, and you're going to have to go too. And I said, okay, I understand these guys got to go. I'm okay with that, but I'm not going. And he goes, oh, yes, you are. And uh, I said, no, I don't think so. Uh, He says, well, you're going, and I'm going to make sure it happens. I said, well, why don't you go talk to your boss and then come back to me, and I'll wait here. And so I did, and about five minutes later, he came back, still pissed, still mad, uh, and said, okay, they have to go, but you don't have to <laughs> or something to that effect, right? It
2: was one of those lessons that you can kind of learn early on in your business career when sometimes it's about who you know and how well you know them. And Jeff had a very strong relationship with the CEO of my company and uh, he made the call and said Jeff could stay. But it put Jeff on eye on a, a relationship that's now going on almost, uh, almost 20 years and yeah. um, it's been great for both of us. Oh, gosh, more well. than,
1: no, more than 20 years, 25, 25, uh, uh, 26, yeah. 20, maybe 28 years, Carl. Oh. Wow. Wow. I know. Right. <laughs> it's twenty like yeah, seven it years. <laughs> Cause I, I, i children when you're having fun. <laughs> exactly. Right. Without question. You know, what's it like, you know, I got to ask you, I've never, since I got you on, I got you on air, what's it like to work with me?
2: Oh, well, you know, one, you have to try and keep up. I, I don't know and haven't met anyone who works harder or more uh, than Jeffrey Hazlett. And it's something that I've taken from, my, uh, uh, for the, relation, from the time we've worked together. Specifically, the last 14 years, I, I, I tell people I know where Jeff is more uh, than even his wife, Tammy, does. Uh, yeah, I know where he is every yep. minute of the day and how we manage our relationship. So we have a very strong and very close relationship. And, and I would say one hard work. And if you follow Jeff and have read some of his books, that's been a topic in his, his books that he's talks about quite a bit. The other thing I would say, and, and it's something that another place where we're very different um, Jeff is what a lot of people would call a giver um, and and has a life philosophy, not just in work but a life philosophy that the more you give the the more you get back and um, And I have learned from that over the years to watch how much give he he gives of his personal time of our company resources, even. And how much we get back because of that—it comes back in in spades. And so, um, I appreciate about that about Jeff and about the opportunity to to work with him. And and I'll, uh, one more little personal thing: I tend to hold a grudge, and Jeff uh, Jeff is the type of person that can forgive and forget, and looks at the long term. And I've never known him to to hold a grudge, and I have watched that also uh, pay off in personal relationships and in, in business relationships. And so um, I guess the, the best thing to say, Jeff, is I learn a lot from you. That's what it's like to work with you.
1: Well, and, by, and vice versa, Carl. I mean, the other thing, uh, yeah, it's vice versa. I mean, like we do say this, yin to the yang, and everybody knows that about our relationship. And yeah, uh, And we'll talk a little bit. I think the other thing that you do well is you manage what we call the inventory. You manage best use of time you know, in terms of the operations, uh, you know, we look at it, I'm I'm the CEO, you're truly the chief operating officer. Well, we, we don't call it that. But that's, in essence, what we do. And we learn those kind of things. And our families are close. And, you know, I remember, you know, when we got into this business, when we talked about what we were going to do it, we sit down with both of our wives and went through and said, remember that conversation we had with Kelly and with Tammy, and we said, okay, if Carl dies, Kelly, this is the way it's going to be. OK. And if, if and Tammy, if, if Jeff dies, this is the way it's going to be so that we said, look, we love you both, but we don't want you in the business, you know, and we're going to do it this way. So we went and got insurance and we got uh, we but we had those discussions with our families, you know, even those hard discussions that a lot of people don't don't do. And I think that's an important piece of our of our relationship. Is it is there anything that we can't talk to each other about?
2: No, no. I think it's extremely open, whether it's uh, family, business, uh, mm-hmm. our own team, uh, aspirations, what we want to accomplish, where we want to go. And I, I think that's been the key to now 10 years that we've we've actually owned our, our three companies together. And, and I think that's a big part of it is is knowing um, how we feel about things, being able to bring it up at any time. Transparency is a term we use in our business, in our membership with a C-suite organization even. And and I think that's something that that we both take. We take very personally um, our business relationship and our businesses, and that transcends a lot of things when you apply how you feel about something personally into your business relationships.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, I tell you what, I'm going to come back. I want to talk about, do we get along all the time? I think that's a good thing. And then we've got a lot of other things to talk about, but I want to take a quick break and I'll be right back after this message.
0: C-Suite Radio.
1: Hey, we're live right here and we're back on LinkedIn and Facebook as we're live casting all business with Jeffrey Hazard on C-Suite Radio. You know, C-Suite Radio is the number one business podcast network in the world, and we're glad to be a headliner on that network. Um, And not only that, I own the network. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. So, not deny, and I don't just have great positioning because of that. We have great positioning because we have great listeners, we have great guests, great content. And of course, that's one of the, the big things that we do in the C-suite network is great content, great information for our trusted executives. Because you want trusted information with all the other fake news out there, you want to know where you can be able to go. Hey, right before the break, I was talking with Carl Post. Now, Carl's the C is our Man, yeah, he's he's a co-founder. He's the CEO of Tallgrass Public Relations. He's a co-founder in the C-Suite Network. And I mean, any business transaction that I do, Carl's automatically involved in it, unless he says he doesn't want to. There's been a couple of things that we've done. Like I bought a building and Carl said, nope, don't want any part of it. He just said, nope, don't want to be. So, okay, great. I'll do that one. I'll do that one on my own. Hey, do we get along all the time?
2: No, no, I, I don't. I, I think that uh, as in any personal relationship, business relationship, you run into challenges, you have disagreements, you have different perspectives on things. Through 10 years in our businesses together, four years of me working for you directly at Eastman Kodak, uh, we didn't always uh, see things the same way. And I tend to look at that as a a strength to our relationship, but no, not not always.
1: Yeah. In fact, sometimes we've we've gotten, uh, we'd like to say nose to nose. (laughs) <laughs> a couple times, right? I mean we're yeah, both absolutely. we're both very physical people. I mean, from that perspective, and you know, and not to say that we get violent or anything like that, we're not saying that, but we get very heated, heated from time to time, That's yeah,
2: okay. well, I think we're both emotional people, and I think yeah. we both believe in uh, what we're trying to accomplish. I will say most of the time, though, when we've had those, we're trying to get to the same place. We just yeah. have a different way. Of doing it, and I think that just is is really driven by personality in in some ways, but to some degree also experience. But I, I think the reason it works is we do come back to common ground, and that's because we we still have our eye on who we're trying to support, our families, yeah. first and foremost, always, you know, then our company, the team within that company. And and when you think about the extended membership and relationships we have in the C-suite network and and how we're trying to help move that organization and, and provide value, I think we're still pretty much locked in on what we're trying to do. It just might be how we want to get there sometimes.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's just the journey. You, The destination's always the same for us. And that's, I think, we always have those discussions. I don't think there's ever been a time. I, I mean, again, we've been working out together for 10 years in the businesses together instead of working in a business. But I don't think there's ever been a time where, no, nope, Carl, I'm overriding you. This is what we're going to do. I don't think we've ever done that.
2: No, I don't think so. No, yeah. I think we've had to kind of decide what we're going to do first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hey, you know, you're you're the boss. Uh, so sometimes I think you have to be the boss, and I think that's true of any relationship. We are business partners, but I think that we look to you from an organizational perspective, from a for a leadership perspective. So I, I think there's been some situations where we we've had to decide what's going to come first.
1: Yeah, I want to get in and talk a little bit about C-suite loans, C-suite supplies today a little bit too, because I. I wanna talk about opportunity and crisis and how we see things and what we do and how we position it. Again, Carl is just an unbelievable business leader and just gets to the point really you know, matter of fact, which is awesome and, and keeps us on task. You know, but I also wanna talk about this inventory thing because we talk about this a lot with people because a lot of people come up, they wanna hire us, hire me or you know, hire the company and they of course think it's me. And let's talk about how we view Time. How would you view a CEO's time? How would you view the time of the other officers, or in this case, a little bit of a personality, right? Because we do have that. We treat me. We treat me kind of like a an entity. But there's also the, there's the Jeff Hazel, the CEO, as well. So how do you look at it in terms of time?
2: Well, I, I think uh, to share internally, uh, as I look at our businesses, Jeff crosses over three different businesses. And we have different business objectives for all of those businesses. And so uh, from an internal perspective for, for Jeff as the CEO of our business and in my role, he mentioned a moment ago, uh, highest and best use we have to prioritize. And I think that's the number one thing for any leader is ensuring that they're prioritizing what their activities are. And you've read books about leadership and you've attended seminars about leadership and you've learned the little tricks and things about writing down the top five things I have to do tomorrow and how do I work my list? And there's a lot of that. But I think in general, it's about prioritization. And so in my role in our company, I spend a lot of time, how do we prioritize what it is we're trying to get done across three different companies? And I look at Jeff and I say, highest and best use. Where can our business or where can our members or where can our staff benefit the most from where Jeff spends his time, because we do get a lot of requests, and as I mentioned earlier, Jeff in particular, because he's a giver, a giver of his time, uh, a giver of our company resources, which is the one time we do talk a lot about. Hey, well, wait, we can't afford to just give them that. We got to figure something out. Prioritization, I think, is one of the key elements and responsibilities of a CEO to make sure that they're on the right targets and the right activities. They're going to make people most successful. And, and so we do that with Jeff. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I kind of know where he is every minute of the day, where he's going, what planes he's on. I know what time that plane lands because I got to talk to him. And he's taken more calls within a moment or a minute of walking off that plane from me than anybody else because I know exactly where he is. I, I know he's down in baggage claim right now looking for his bag probably not on the phone and I can actually grab him and tell him we need something to do. That, that's kind of how fluid our organization can be at times and why prioritization is really, really important for us.
1: Without question. So we also see opportunities and we jump on them. And I think my job has always been to be the one that, oh, look over here, look over here, look that and then to come to you and say, okay, now operationalize this, help me backfill. Because I I think that's what that yin-yang thing is that you have to have in the team is you have to have people who can grasp the vision and put it into, into place. Now I can do those things But as you know, Carl, I don't like the details of those things. I mean, I can do them. I'll get down into the details and know them well. A lot of team members, when they first join our company, don't think I will be that guy who will know exactly or write copy or know how to do the emails or the campaigns. But I'll do those things from time to time, right? Absolutely. And I I think
2: it's part of that uh, personality and business experience you have that lends you to a very leadership and strategic role and mindset, but can also go down and implement with, with the best of them. But I, I, in our organization, you spend most of your time looking for opportunities, or as you like to say, there's a pony in there somewhere. Yeah. And we don't want to leave any opportunity undiscovered. And we have worked with, uh, as an example, a number of very early stage companies that came to us looking for support And I would tell you that in my role from a business perspective, I probably would have said, we can't help you right now. You're not ready for us right now. Jeff's mindset is very different. Jeff's mindset is, what do you need? What can you afford? How can we help you now? And there's something we can do. And he wants to figure that out. And and then we kind of have that meeting of the minds and say, all right, well, maybe we could configure a program for this or we could allocate this resource or we could start here. And I think that's all about your desire to find that pony, to find that opportunity that could be good for their business. And I think that's another hallmark to leadership is looking out for someone else's business. And I think that's something we try and do is we try and have the best interest of our customers, our clients, our members, and put that first and we are oftentimes secondary. Can that be to our detriment at times? Yes. But by and large, ultimately, we find that pony and it pays off. And, and so we find a way to make it work. But really taking advantage of any opportunity is a big part of it.
1: Well, we're going to talk more about those opportunities as we come back. I'm also going to ask you a question that came in from somebody, a friend of ours, who just uh, posted something. Talk about brand purpose. And we'll be right back after this message.
0: C-Suite Radio.
1: No, I'm talking to Carl Post. He's the CEO of Tallgrass PR. Now, Tallgrass PR stands for: If you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to pee in the tall grass. That says it right there on the website. Okay, so that's what you got to do. If you want to go big, you got to you got to know. Just think big. You got to act bigger. That's what that's all about. So Carl's been my partner for over ten years. We're talking about the trials and tribulations of being a partner. And also about how to operationalize, how to think things. Carl's, as you can tell, a very deep thinker. And I love people who are real great deep thinkers who go and sit back. And he does this all the time. And you need people in your business who help compliment you, okay? And you can see what a great compliment Carl is. Because I like to think deep, but I, I I act fast. Sometimes I act faster than I think. and uh, But that comes with experience. And then they got great people like Carl to say, hey. Let me talk to you about this. Did you think about? What about? <laughs> this? Yeah. What about? And of course, usually I've thought about it, or I say usually a lot of times. Oh, good point. Good point. Good point. And hey, Michael Wilson. Hey, we know Michael, and there's an entrepreneur, recruiter.com, and so many other businesses. Man, this guy is a fireball. I mean, he's like, when you get together with Michael, and you, it's like watching the nuclear reactor rods being raised out of the cooling tank. That's what it's like having a conversation. After you have a conversation with Michael, you're just like, oh, my gosh. Okay, Michael, here's his question. How do each of you look at the brand purpose of your business? Ooh, I like this question interested to hear how you got to it as a team. How did we look at the brand purpose of our businesses? Well, I'd say it's,
2: it's been an interesting evolution if, if we focus on the C-Suite Network for that question first, because we have three businesses, and I'd say we've done it differently in each business. For the C-Suite Network, it was founded after Jeff had his television show, The C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett on Bloomberg. And the premise of that show was going into the boardroom and evaluating and and talking about big decisions big companies had to make. Who made them? How did they make them? And the show was very well received. And that was the moment we realized we had to take an idea we'd been thinking about for a couple of years already. We had been thinking about the CEO network for senior executives. We saw a gap in the market because there's numerous organizations out there, whether it's a Vistage, a YPO, or a BMI, that EO, lend itself, yeah. E- yeah, absolutely. That lend itself to engagement, I'll say on a broad basis. Once we did that show, we realized that there was probably an opportunity for the C-suite network and looking at a high level at the roles and responsibilities of senior executives and what they're tasked to do from an organizational perspective. And we don't get into what they do day to day. Our goal with the C-suite network has always been about strategic intent and strategic content. So Michael, a big part of the answer to your question is staying true to what we want to deliver to the people we want as members who participate in our network. And so ensuring that we're focused on strategic content that is responsible, I would even say macro business trends in some ways. Uh, And we go a little bit deeper than that. But staying focused on the deliverable for that key audience is our differentiator in the marketplace. And so for me, that's a big part of our brand essence is ensuring that we're we're providing the right information. And and then all the deliverables, we, we talk in terms of relevance, reach and reciprocity in the C suite network kind of 3 Rs and how we can take those macro business trends take those key topics and engage people and have a conversation
1: yeah it's and that's about michael i think it gets back to you know what's the you know the key the, people always talk about the brand and brand's a promise delivered so we went and said what for that community what is the problem we want to solve you know what are the issues they have in front of them well Right now, it's for them as they're making this transition truly into digital. Because right now, if you look at COVID right this minute, days are weeks, weeks are months, months are years. And this is the defining moment. We've been laying this out for the last eight weeks. This is the defining moment in your business. You're now having to move to this new norm, whatever it is. By the way, you've always been moving to the new norm, okay? You know, whether your business was a retail business and you're being, you know, uh, under attack on on the online or or, you know, look at Kodak from a from from a film to digital. I mean, all these different things were always under attack. So being relevant. But then for that community is how do you then deliver on the promise? And for most of it's around trust, first of all. All right. And the right kinds of people in the room. Right. And then what are the tools that I can have that puts me at an advantage over everybody else? That's what really, truly where we're going. And so we do that all underneath this giant, you know, canopy, this, this big sequoia tree. And we create this environment where there's nothing but these kinds of people in the room. Okay, and in the community, and you might not like that exec over there, but hey, he or she paid their dues to get in, so to speak, and that's what it's about. It's saying that everybody in the room is above this. What information can we provide them? How can we help them? And then what tools can we give them to make these transitions that they've got to go? You know, a CEO's role, and we always say this, Carl, is to be the most strategic, or the the C suite's role, C suite, because not just CEO, is to be the most strategic people in the room. That's their job. I mean, that's really what they're about. And so we have to deliver on that. Well, speaking about being strategic, we launched a couple of programs over the last couple of weeks have just been unbelievably successful. And that's C-suite loans and C-suite supplies. Carl, why did we do that? We were all impacted by
2: the pandemic. And I don't think there were many people in business who could really foresee or understand exactly the implications that we've been through now, nor are the implications to in, in, the, in the near future. We had to say, what does this mean for our business? And we started looking internally, became very internally focused very quickly and said, how is this going to impact our business? How is this impacting us personally? How is this impacting our employees? How is this going to impact our memberships? And we were having daily, multiple conversations a day about what this meant. What do we need? And as we started to figure this out, we realized, hey, we're not alone and we should take our key learnings and our key thoughts out to our membership. And we very quickly became externally focused. And we said, let's start a conversation. Let's be strategic. And we started a number of conversations throughout our organization, both internally and externally. Around what everybody was experiencing. And we learned very quickly there was a lot of misinformation early on. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. a lot of fear. There was a lot of who can I talk to? No access. So, no can't access. Can't get
1: access, can't find it.
2: Yeah. And so we started having those conversations and we call them huddles. We started daily huddles both internally for our team as an entire team team. And we did it in two ways. We kind of had business huddles and we had a a Friday afternoon have a drink huddle, very casual. But in these huddles, we were able to really start to hear and understand what did people need. And we realized everyone needed a lot of the same things that we needed. And and that really led to the launch of these two programs, C-suite loans and and C-suite supplies. There's a lot in between there, but eventually we realized that these were two key programs that businesses were going to need.
1: Yeah. So now we've got C-suite loans. So anybody needs $5,000 or $5 million, they can go and online to c loans.com and apply. And all you need is a driver's license and a couple of months of uh, financial information. And within 48 minutes to 48 hours, you'll know whether or not you have it and you can apply for whatever you want. And And by the way, up to 25 plus uh, institutions will bid on your business, which is amazing to be able to have that. And they might say, hey, you asked for a hundred thousand, I'm going to give you 200. You might give you a hundred and some of these might say, nope, I'm only going to give you 75 and here are the different rates. and that you know. You, but you get this range of financing, which is really cool. And so we've had millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars already in the last Couple of weeks that have been uh, going through the system, which is awesome. So we encourage you to go. I, and I'm telling people right now, of course, Carl. We know cash is king. Get cash, right? You want to have access to that cash right now, and
2: that's why we launched the program. We were looking at a very uncertain future, as with most businesses. We were thinking of that internally, as well as externally, and we started to say, okay, what are the options? And as we launched this program, we wanted to educate people because even though you're in business, a lot of people haven't had to really access capital, which is surprising. And we wanted to position and make sure that businesses understood all of the resources. So we didn't just launch C-suite loans and promote C-suite loans. We educated and we created something called a business continuity guide. And within that business continuity guide, we talk about access to capital and where can you get capital. And, And first and foremost, access to your local bank, or if you have a banking relationship, that might be the first place you want to go. But we also know that when you need capital, they don't always give it to you. If you haven't planned ahead and built out access to capital in advance of when you need it, it gets a little more challenging to get that capital. In the times of this pandemic, the the federal government and state and local governments have provided a number of resources. The primary one that or two that people talk about are the Economic Injury Disaster Loans or EIDL, PPP, Payroll Protection Program. And we encourage people to take a very close look at that. When we were launching this That program was very confusing. It was changing multiple times a day up until, and even changed after it rolled out. So we wanted people to understand you had capital at the local bank. You had access to capital from the federal government. You should be applying there. If you're not going to qualify for that, you might want to take a look at the c-suite loans program which as jeff explained gives you immediate access to over 25 providers who review your application and then give you a proposal and you can evaluate which of the proposals might work best for you
1: yeah and and again between five thousand and five million bucks so it get it covers a lot of businesses Not every business, but covers a lot of them. And then of course, we were having trouble getting supplies. I mean, not only for our own teams, but for others that we knew that we have a lot of members. I said over 350,000 members in C-Suite Network. And they started reaching out and said, Jeff, we need help. Who Who do I know that has this or this or this? And then when we started getting into it, we found so much fraud and so much just ambiguity and what's a proper mask, what's not, does it have a filter, not filters. And we started looking at this thing and said, oh my gosh, we've got to find trusted sources. So we know people, we know people, and not only we know people, we know trusted people. And so we went direct to the factories. We were able to cut some uh, special deals, set up a a site with a good friend of ours that's in our hero club in the C-suite network a warehouse in Chino, California, and now we're shipping product every single day. So if you need those PPE supplies, if you want to help get your employees back to work, because this is really, Carl, about what we call internally a duty of care, right? Don't we have a duty of care to take care of employees and customers? Yeah, and we were
2: just having conversations about that this morning. We have uh, modified our drive and thrive theme to open for business. And we are very much in a forward-looking approach to how are we going to open for business? How is it going to impact our business? How is it going to impact our members' business? And so we're watching the individual states open for business in different ways. And as we open for business, how do we protect our most important resource? And that's our employees, our team, and create an environment, duty of care. Currently, our entire team is working remote out of their homes. And as we're going to evaluate when we go back to the office. We're going to follow federal and state guidelines because we have employees in multiple states, first and foremost, and we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. And And then we're going to say, okay, what's our environment going to look like? How is it going to impact us? And so we need to make sure that we have the right resources and Kind of masks to me are the emblematic element yeah. of PPE, personal protection equipment. That's the one everybody talks about. That's the one that made a lot of news because of the fraud. And if you're in California, like me, Governor Newsom signed a billion dollar order and now there's problems with that. And the, the masks kind of symbolize it. But it goes beyond that. Yes, it's physical care of garb and and protection and and space and hours and and access. So our business continuity guide for our membership really gets into that overall program. Lots of considerations. We provide access to lots of different resources and C-suite supplies for that physical element of what you might need to be open for business uh, within your office environment Uh, We think that we have highlighted a number of options that are are right for the average business. And what's important here, because if you do hear about this in the news, you're hearing about people ordering millions and hundreds of thousands. A big part of what was important in our supply chain is we wanted businesses to have access to 10 or 25, or if they need 500, or they can order 50 now and they can come back a week later and order 50 more and know it's going to be delivered in two weeks. Or...
1: Or five hundred thousand. I mean, whether it's a whether it's a box, a carton, a pallet, or a truckload, you know, we were able to put those kinds of supplies together under c Suite Supplies.com. So go there and just c hyphen sweet S-U-I-T-E-supplies.com, just like C sweet loans dot com. Same thing. So yeah, we made those available. Whether you need $5,005 and or whether you need a box carton or truckload. We've got those available, which is great. Hey, Carl, we're coming up the end of our time and it's been a pleasure, man. I, I thought this was going to be weird interviewing you, but it actually turned out to be pretty good. So, <laughs>
2: Hey, we talk, we talk like this every day.
1: At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned and I always learn lessons every single show, even if it's with my business partner and my my lesson. And the thing that, re- that really stood out for me today was highest and best use highest and best use. Now they do that with me to make sure that, you know, my time is best used. We we do that in big corporations, by the way, Uh, the assistants, everybody would sit down and decide what meetings, what we should do, how we should do it. And we always had those discussions because I mean, at those kinds of salaries, you want to make sure that you're using the best time, but you should be doing that for your business. So what's the highest and best use of your time? You know, are you working in the business or on the business? You know, everybody always talks about that, but that's really about highest and best use. That's what I learned. That's what that was my rem- reminder today. Right here in all business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget to tell your friends all about C Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. We'd love to have more listeners, and we thank you for listening
0: today. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com.